Hello and welcome to What's Love, the podcast. This is a podcast series brought to you by Zanga Zirugel and in collaboration with the Soul City Institute for Social Justice. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of What's Love, the podcast. I hope you can hear in my voice that I am super excited and it is because we are now in one room recording this episode even during COVID. And while we've been able to bring you the episodes, the recording outside of the studio, I am feeling so much love and energy and just excitement for being in the room with my legal eagle, Tiniko Mbenze. I'm so excited, Tiniko. How are you? Uh, Oh, listen to me, listen to me. (laughs) I'm feeling super great. The sun is shining brightly into this room and... uh, I'm just going to snitch on our producer here. He is also taking videos of us. I can't <laughs> wait for you guys to see Levi's face. Like, the joy is glowing. Oh, my goodness. You know, we, we take uh, COVID uh, for granted. In, and wh- what I mean by that is that, you know, it's almost as if the rules of cover your face with a mask, don't go out, sanitize, wash your hands is the only thing that people can do. But Mm. the consequences, particularly on one's mental health, is just unbelievable. I have not felt this excited in a very long time, simply because we are in the same room together. You know, um, Mm. yes, we are observing the 1.5 meter uh, safe distancing, we've sanitized, we've had our temperatures checked, but it is a different vibe and a different mood. And I just want to, you know, acknowledge and say, hey, we've managed to be in the same room to bring you this episode. <laughs> um, so today we are not talking about the disclaimer, about the quality, but I am taking this moment to just share my joy and my excitement for being in the room. And uh, you will see the video that uh, this has been a, a great moment and lovely to see uh, Tineko in person, whom I have not seen for six months, I think. And, uh, you know, we take connection as social beings for granted. Oh my so, God, it's been six months. It's been half a year. <laughs> oh, hey? wow. The year that will be etched in memory forever and ever, 2020. 2020. You know? That's not what the episode is about. Today in our episode, we speak about a topic that is extremely close to my heart. As a single mother of two, And that is the topic of child maintenance. And before I read what Anonymous has written to us about a matter that we are going to discuss today, I know of so many stories of women who have either given up asking for child maintenance and so many women who have actually... um, just raised children on their own. And I'm Mm. talking about from unemployed women to women in the informal economy to women, you know, who are, you know, non-management, what we call blue-collar workers, to executives. This is a problem across. Mm. And while I'm speaking about women, I know of so many children who could not either further their studies or enjoy the kind of quality of life 
that they are entitled to simply because they rely on one parent for uh, uh, you know financial emotional psychological support mm -hmm. and i have also seen especially on social media so much i'm gonna slap you right now comments particularly from men about why they will not pay maintenance and in a country where the law stipulates that the child is entitled to support i think while we talk about violence against women and children the one violence that we have really not touched upon is the violence that men have on women whether they are working or not working of not paying for children and we have seen how men including celebrity men or well-known men mm. will support children with the woman they love but the children that they have had with the woman that they now no longer love um, don't get the support mm. and it's 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 a norm and in fact people can boldly say if i give you this amount of money you know yeah these women are using this money you know for their own needs you know so the whole issue of the stigma of even if you dare go out and get that money so i could go on and on but this is not my story this is not my episode but i you know i just wanted to say we are dealing with a violent act and uh, we need to talk about the violence that not paying not supporting your child financially emotionally not being there for your child is an act of violence on the woman because certainly with the woman you are trying to punish the woman but also on children who um, are innocent and by law you should be supporting so let's get into the story before i make this a preaching sermon Anonymous wrote to us and said, Ah, dear, what's love? I would love assistance in an ongoing battle that I've been going through. I felt pregnant in 2017 to somebody that was the love of my life. And in 2018, we got engaged. And when I say we got engaged, I mean that our families met and negotiated Lobola, but no other ceremony was performed. We wanted to move in together so that we could be present for our child from a young age but our families had agreed that we could not get together or live together until we got married and uh, we then decided that where uh, our daughter was concerned uh, the daughter would visit him every second week so that he remains present in um, the child's life at the beginning this arrangement worked well but after a few months my partner started complaining and uh, about the fact that we are not living together and I could notice a change in his behavior. He also stopped paying maintenance amount that we had agreed upon and his excuse was that he was not making as much money as he was before. Uh, I consulted with his parents, the problem was fixed momentarily but then he stopped you know uh, with the arrangement of paying uh, for half of the things our uh, daughter needed despite the fact that I was the primary caregiver who did not only give um, my share, but was, only con was also contributing emotionally and physically. I then later discovered that the reason why he was paying less money was that he had another girlfriend who would be at the house when I was not there. Um, 
and we spoke to the parents and decided that we should end our relationship due to the cheating. When I attempted to speak to him about how we would handle co-parenting and how we would continue maintaining our daughter, he became apprehensive and claimed I was demanding too much money, even when in the discussions I would show him the evidence of the receipts and everything around the expenses that the child um, needed. So I'm coming to you because I heard that there is a contract that parents can have in relation to how um, they can uh, share responsibilities and agree on who's going to do what without needing to go to the maintenance court. What I would like to find out is what would be in this maintenance agreement and whether or not it is as strong and legally binding as going to court for a maintenance agreement. And I also do not want to take him to court as I fear that it would disadvantage my daughter and potentially isolate her from the paternal grandparents. So, you know, she doesn't want to create animosity. Yes. I have so many questions. <laughs> Firstly, let's talk about the grandparents. Lobola was negotiated. Yes. Was this not a marriage? What is this that until you got married, you can't stay together? The people have intended to get married. There was sex. Because normally, I think when people don't want boys and girls to stay together, parents is to make sure that the sex does not happen. The sex happened. has happened. There's evidence. We can show the receipts, yes. which is the child. But is the Lobola negotiations, even without a ceremony, not a marriage? It was not a marriage because there was no... So the intention to get married was there, mm -hmm. but at that moment, there wasn't an intention to see this as a marriage, okay. neither by their families, because it was a traditional ceremony, and neither by them. They okay. wanted to get married, but their parents said, wait until we... Let's finish the processes properly. Okay. So let's start with... Global. You know how certain families... Um, and certain couples, you know, because maybe at that point we're in love or maybe I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do, will choose to rather get married, so go through the Lobola process, then pay for damages okay. and live as separate parents and, you know, co-parent throughout, you know. Okay. So that's what that intention was. Plus, they were still in love at that time. Okay. So it wasn't a marriage because... The, the parties had not consented to getting married, mm -hmm. but they had the intention to get married. So that's why it's an engagement. Okay. Because it's like taking out an engagement ring, but in a traditional way, you okay. know. That's our engagement ring. You don't go and, and spend like 200,000 there at Stearns. Well, Stearns doesn't have 200,000, but you don't go and spend like 20,000 at Stearns for engagement ring. Rather, you know, you go and you have the conversation between the different families that, you know, we want to get together. That's that asking for permission. Can I be with your daughter scenario? Okay. I think that is very useful about what it is. And, 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 and I'm not going to then ask, ask my follow-up question because I was going to ask, why would parents not allow the two to stay together? And I'm not going to ask it because that's not the focus. It's going to, I'm still angry with them though for not agreeing for this.
because I think the person that was disadvantaged was the child mm-hmm. with the two adults who've already had sex, mm-hmm. um, you know, saying this is what we want to do. Um, but that's not what the, the, the anonymous <laughs> wants us to focus on. Yeah. The parent in me is just like... Mm. I mean, would, would you allow... The parent in you, would you would you be comfortable to allow for like a fat and set situation, especially since we just discussed what a lot of South African men consider, um, you know, women to to be, you know, coming after their money and things like that. Would you allow that situation as a parent? I'll be very honest, and if this uh, diminishes my status in the eyes of those that are listening to me. I would when a child is, is involved. You know, if two people had already had sex and there was a child on the way and they wanted to be together to look after the child, I would. Maybe with res- reservations, but I would. Um, you know, but it's easier said when the situation is facing you. But True. as a fat and setter myself, <laughs> I probably would. Um, and I apologize to those who liked me if it's reduced by 5 10%. That's an honest answer. At least you can say I'm honest. I may not be doing things the way that people approve of, but I'm honest. Yes. Let's and I hope on. you have a cohabitation agreement. Now I know. <laughs> yeah. When I fat and sitter again after COVID, um, I will. I'll have all the right tools. Otherwise, I'm coming to you. Let's move on. Um, what does the law say about child maintenance in South Africa? So... Basically, both parents are responsible for the child, right? It's not a situation of if we're not married, then the father's not responsible. Both parents, both names on the birth certificate are responsible to maintain the child. Um, I remember a while back, we used to have a thing like a a bridged and an unabridged um, birth certificate, right? And that would be mostly in situations where, you know, the, the parents aren't married. And then so immediately after birth, it's just like kind of the birth mother's name that's written. And then after that process, they go and they fix it at home affairs, and then you have both parents' names. Now we don't have that situation. At birth, whether married or not, you write the name of the mother and the father. So both, both parents are responsible for, maintain, for maintaining the child 100%, especially if they want to be part of the child's life. Okay. Now, I've had a, 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 an interesting conversation on Twitter, and, and, and this is where I think what the law, as in, in the law books are saying, and what traditionally families make. So in my culture and don't ask me which one it is the one that we practice in my home the black one no no i don't want to speak for all black people or all Botswana people but i'm talking about my situation yes yes if a man has not married you and at the time that i had my children it wasn't an obligation if you are not married to have the father's name on the birth certificate because Mm. my children are much older so Mm. that was the thing Mm. i do have unabridged birth, uh, birth certificate but it does not state their father's names Mm -hmm. okay that's one the second thing is that and unless you have paid anything either lobola or damages the child does not even take your last name okay 
Now, I shared this on Twitter one day, and the, the first response that the first male had was, well, the child is not yours. If it was my sperm, the child is not yours. So the child cannot have your last name. Uh, the child is mine. The child will even give you problems later because they want to know what, who their father is and, and there will be bad luck that befalls uh, the child if they, they are called by the maiden name and not the, the, the father's uh, surname. That was one. The second one was then don't expect maintenance. If the child is not taking my surname, don't expect child maintenance. And I found that absurd. Does surname have anything to do with paying maintenance? I just want to ask a lawyer now. <laughs> no, no. Surname has absolutely nothing to do with paying maintenance. I mean, I, I don't know if they change surnames, but I do know, like, for instance, um, in the Jewish culture, the lineage goes with the mother side of the family it doesn't go with the paternal side of the family okay so how would maintenance have an impact um sorry how would a surname have an impact on child maintenance okay and secondly yes it is your sperm but did you introduce this the product of your sperm to your ancestors Mm -hmm. If this is what you're going to go with, if you're going to go with that culturally that the child must have your surname, mm -hmm. isn't you must introduce the child to your, your ancestors. Mm -hmm. So it's not the child who's going to have bad luck later on in life. Mm -hmm. It's you, the neglectful father, who's going to have bad luck later on in life. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you even, if we're just going to go with culture, did you even go, mm -hmm. you know, to my parents mm -hmm. and ask for forgiveness mm. you know and pay the damages because the damages aren't necessarily just about you know giving money to say okay yeah i'm sorry i impregnated your daughter mm. you know there's a sheep there in in part of the process you know there's a slaughtering it's a whole process you mm. know and if you want the child to take your surname you still have to do more you know you have to accept the child you have to raise the child if you're not going to raise the child um and you're not going to maintain the child to be spiteful because the child doesn't have your surname, mm. then you actually never even loved your sperm to begin with because that's what you've, you've decided to already call it. You've called it sperm, yes. not a child. You, you, were, you were just a sperm donor okay. and you must accept it as that. And you are legally obliged to pay. Yeah. According to the law, regardless of the culture that you follow, regardless of the surname that the child has, you are supposed to pay. Yes. Okay. Now, other people have also used the argument that if I don't have access to the child, and what are, many women have said is that access to the child normally speaks to access to the mother as well. So if I don't have, you know, if I can't just arrive and take the child, or if I can't control your life, uh, I'm not going to pay. Are there conditions that are placed to paying child maintenance? No, there are no conditions placed pay to paying child maintenance. Mm -hmm. um, so if you go the court route, mm. they're going to look at everybody's um, budget and see how much you make and what it is that you spend your money on, and mm -hmm. that's how they determine how much um, maintenance you pay, mm -hmm. which is why a lot of people are kind of averse to it, because sometimes 
you could potentially um, get more maintenance for the child without going the court route than if you go the court route. Mm. Because a person might also then be spiteful and be like, ah, but this is what the court said I must pay. Even if now my salary has increased toughies to you, you decided to take me to court, right? Um, But there are no conditions placed on paying maintenance. And also wanting to see your child doesn't come with you having to see the mother of your child, Mm -hmm. right? Unless it's an infant, Mm -hmm. um, then obviously the mother would have to be there because it's an infant, right? Um, But when the child is a little bit older, let's say maybe two years old, maybe even one year old, doesn't really need the mother as much, then you can have access to the child on your own. Mm -hmm. The only time... Um, access is controlled to your child is if we don't trust you. Okay. You know, mm. we don't trust what you're going to do with the child. Mm. Um, and this could be because there has been an incident before. Okay. We don't trust that you'll feed the child. Mm. We don't trust that you'll cloth the child, you know? Mm. So then the mother kind of has to be there or if the mother doesn't want to be there, they can ask for someone else to be there, even if it's a social worker, to be there to ensure that during this entire process where you have access to your child, you are taking care of a child and not necessarily abusing them, whether mentally, physically, emotionally, or any other way. Okay. Um, and also, you can't just rock up to anybody's house and be like, ah, but this is my sperm, I'd like to see the child. Mm. You know, you need to kind of have, these are, type, these are one of the things you put in the parenting agreement, you know? Okay. yes. You need to say, okay, um, I would like to see the child every weekend and every um, public holiday. Um, So that's the arrangement. You bring the child over and I'd like the child to be here, let's say, by 10 a.m., you know, Mm. and then you can pick the child up um, 8 p.m. Or we can have if we don't live so far from each other because Mm. then it won't necessarily disturb the child's schooling. Mm. We can have a situation where we we alternate every week because mm. that's what we're finding. So the, the child will also get used to that. It's it's not really going to be damaging to the child if that's the environment that they've grown up with. You know, yeah. They know that I alternate every week. This week I'm with mom, next week I'm with dad, but I go to the same school, I have the same friends, I do the same things every day. Yeah. So it's not haphazard. You can't say just because this weekend I want my child, I want my child, and you're going to... I'm going to have access to my child. Yeah. Okay. Now, other people have said this. The reason why they would deny their father, apart from what you've said about, you know, where there are incidents of harm, is that the guy will pick up the child and take the child, go and dump them with their mother, so the uh, paternal grandmother, and go jolling. You know? So there has been mothers who said, what's the point? You are not picking up the child to be with the child or bond with the child. You are picking up the child, you are going to dump the child elsewhere, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't think where you are taking the child, even if it's your relative or your mother, it's a safe space for my child, and it's created conflict. So, are there any rules there? Can you then say, okay, I'm not comfortable with this, if you pick up my child, be with, with, the, with, with, the, with the child? I mean, if it's not a, if it's genuinely not a safe space, then yes, you can bring it up, you know, and that is a problem. Mm. But if it is a safe space, wouldn't you rather, even if the child doesn't develop um, a bond with the father, mm. right? 
immediately because also maybe it's still like a little child and the father doesn't necessarily know what to do with the child. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you rather the, the child develops a bond with their grandparents because okay. they're still getting that relationship with their paternal side of the family, mm -hmm. which also protects you because should anything happen, you have the grandparents on your side because they also know the child's needs. And if the child maybe gets older and starts staying with the father mm. and there's something they don't like, they mm. can tell the grandparents. Yes, yeah. so you've got support. Yes. Yeah. Other ins instances, before we get into this maintenance agreement that our uh, anonymous wants to look at, is women saying he started dating, he's staying with another woman. I don't want your ding, 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 ding near my child, you know. Um, I don't want those women that you go around with near my child. <laughs> Can you deny uh, the child, uh, the father to see the child because they started uh, dating other people? I mean, that's a little selfish. What happens when you start dating? Okay. Because the child is with you. Yeah. You're starting a new relationship. Yeah. Are you are you going to hide your person from the child? Yeah. And other men did in fact demand that. Other mm -hmm. men demand that if my child is in your house, you can't bring other men. There's also that opposite. Where people, both the women, have said, I don't want other women near my child, and the men have said, I don't want other men near my child. How do you date going forward? And is there grounds? legally around that because it's happened in both ways i mean this is it's <laughs> this is it's unfortunately it's more of like a for lack of a better word like it's more of like a psychological issue between the two of them okay they need to sort themselves out like do you actually still want to be in a relationship with each other because it doesn't sound like it has anything to do with the child okay it's more about I don't want you in another relationship with anyone else. All right. Because Great. that that's the basis of it all. So it's unresolved parent issues. Yes. It's parents who probably one still wants the other yes. or one still wants to control the other. So yes. they've got unresolved issues. Yes. Which number 1 have got nothing to do with the child, but number 2 have got nothing to do with the new person yes. whether it is the new boyfriend in the mother's side or whether it is the new girlfriend in the father's side yeah i'm happy that you've sorted out those social issues because they often come up particularly because we get to these situations when relationships sour mm. before they sour people are okay but the minute relationships sour you know it creates that bond and as i said earlier then the children suffer a man would basically say i'm not gonna pay maintenance until x is out of your life. A woman would say, you'll never see my ch your child until Y is out of your life. Mm. But it is, as you say, unresolved issues between mm. the parents that have got nothing to do with the child. Mm. The child has a right to see their father um, or the other parent or both parents unless there is a history of you are not trustworthy, you've emotionally, physically, or otherwise not been reliable or even abusive. Mm. And uh, you have a duty to maintain Yes. to pay towards the expenses of the child yes regardless of how you feel about it yeah okay great now let's talk about this arrangement it's called an, a maintenance agreement firstly please explain to us what is the maintenance agreement 
So in the maintenance agreement, um, ideally, you shouldn't just be planning for now when the... So let's say you, you started when the child is an infant. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be just planning for now when the child is, is an infant. You should also be considering, you know, the future looking forward, right? Mm -hmm. It's... It's easy to have a maintenance agreement when you're married, mm -hmm. um, but then it's a verbal conversation, right? Or even when you're still together, it's a verbal conversation where you decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do and this is what you're going to do. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to take care of the school fees uh, and then I'm also, you know, going to do... Um, the doctor's visits and things like that you'll go to all the sporting mess um what's it sporting games you know you'll drive them around for this you'll buy the clothes you know you'll do xyz so that's the conversation that you already have mm. in any situation right whether you're married or unmarried mm. so now when you're unmarried it's it's better to have it down on paper you know okay to say that this is the person who's taking care of the medical expenses, right? And when you put down on the medical expenses, also be clear that should the child develop... So let's say I take a medical aid that is maybe second tier, mm. right? It doesn't cover a whole host of things. Mm. But later on, um, we find out that the child has XYZ issues that require them to maybe every quarter go and visit the doctor and things like that. Then we have, you have to have, we have to have considered and had the conversation that should this happen, it's your responsibility to ensure that you have medical aid coverage that can cover all of these expenses, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If now I've decided that I'm the one who's covering for the school fees, and we've discussed what kind of school we'd like our child, because that's the other discussion we need to have. What kind of school we'd like our child to go to developmentally, and when would we like them to start going to the school, right? Mm. We know ideally how much it costs, mm. right? If it's a situation where the one earns way more than the other, but we've decided that I'm going to cover school fees, mm. We can also, in that situation, say, yes, I'm covering school fees, but you have to cover school supplies and all the extramural activities and things like that. Mm. Because 50-50 doesn't mean 50-50 split halfway. Okay. It means I do my share, mm. you know, as much as I possibly can, and you do your share as much as you possibly can mm. for the benefit of the child, yeah. right? So in a lot of ways, we are not talking about equality. We are talking about equity. Yes. Whoever is able to do more based on what we both decide will benefit our child. Yes. So there could be a public school, but if I earn more, and we both agree that we want a better kind of education for our child. We could agree that it's still 50-50 in, 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 in meaning that we are both contributing equally to the child. But we, could, we are also saying because I earn more, I could pay uh, 500 rands more, yes. 1,000 rands more, yes. 2,000 rands more. Yes. Okay? Towards the child. Yes. Because that's what we want for our child. Yes. So our focus is not on trying to punish or sabotage each other yes our concern is what would be good for the child yeah because okay. ideally 
it's it's about the best interest of the child yes. and that's what um our courts also always look at when um child maintenance or any form of um issue um, that could be taken to court that involves a child is is there. It's, it's always yeah. about the best interest of the child. Mm. So even in situations where a child has been left an inheritance, right, mm -hmm. um, and there isn't a parent who's alive to assist with that inheritance, the court appoints a guardian to help with that you know mm. and sometimes even in a situation where there is a parent right mm. there is a guardian who is court appointed for however much money you know that was left so that when you as a parent go and say um okay well this month we need thirty thousand they're going to ask you what's the thirty thousand for so, okay and then you say no um it's for school uh, because, you know, they're doing X, Y, Z. Okay, can we have receipts? They mm -hmm. want that proof to make sure um, that you're not abusing the, child. the child's money yeah. for your benefit because yeah. the child needs this money more yeah. to grow, you know, yeah. um, so and stand up for themselves. So it's always protective of the child. Always. How different is this written agreement, which is what you're calling the parenting agreement? The yeah. maintenance Is it a maintenance agreement or a parenting agreement? So it, there's a, a maintenance agreement is just where we're talking about the money side of it, okay. right? And then the parenting agreement is where we also discuss, you know, where does the child live? How often do I get to visit? Um, okay. And all those other who, who takes care of the child more or less and all yeah. those other needs. Great. Now, how different is this from going to the maintenance court? And, and maintenance court normally deals with the money aspect. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Anonymous also wants to know um, how different is it from the going to maintenance court and getting a court order for maintenance to be paid? So this is where now you, you're not having a discussion with um, your former partner or your partner. Mm. This is where you fought, you've tried to um, get to a conclusion, it didn't work out. Mm. So you go to court mm. and they literally ask for all your financial records, where mm. you live, how much you earn, how much maintenance you haven't been paying, and all of those things, mm. right? Mm. So um, just to give an example of how it could be detrimental. Mm. In a situation where you're fine with your partner having someone else, mm. right? Um, and your child visits and everything and life is good, right? And you're getting, let's say, maintenance of about 4000 every month. Mm. And then you're thinking, actually, nope. I think because they're with this, this person, um, the child would be getting more because this person also has children. Mm. Um, let me take this person to maintenance court, mm. right? Because mm. you don't know what's happening in that situation, in that, yeah. in that, home, in mm. that home life, right? Mm. You just see the things that happen. Mm. When you get to maintenance court, you find out that actually he earns way less than you thought that he earned. Mm. He was actually being helped by, by his part, partner. exactly, yes. to you know, provide more for your yeah. child so that the child doesn't feel any different when, you know, mm. visiting and seeing the other children. Mm. So now you end up getting less. Okay. Right. So in that case, it's the court who will just 
for lack of a better word, very cold look at the circumstances. You and five rand, you and ten rand. He's been giving you two rand fifty from your five rand. Ah, uh-uh, you actually deserve one rand there, and it's stamped. Mm. But can the parenting or the maintenance agreement that you write yourself, is it a legal document? Once you've both signed it, do you have to take it elsewhere to be endorsed or you just keep a copy? You keep a copy. Okay. It's already a contract. It's already a legal document. Okay. You both. So the beautiful thing about contract law in South Africa is even if we just speak orally, it's already a contract. Okay. You know, it's already, so even verbally. Yeah, verbally, if we agree on something... And we can prove that, you know, we agreed on this. Um, And the easiest way to prove that we agreed on this is that the one party does part, they're part of the contract. Mm. Then it's a contract. It's a contract. It's a contract. Now, normally um, you would want the contract to be enforced if the party, the one party then does it for three months and then month four, um, don't do it. Where can you go with your parenting agreement that wasn't court enforced can you still go to court you can it? you can go to court with it okay. and and ask them to enforce that mm. um but this is after obviously you've had a conversation because you already had a point where you could agree on how much you yeah. you, you wanted to contribute towards a child mm. so have a conversation first uh, and if the conversation is not fruitful then you can go you can go to court mm. and dependent on on the amount um you can directly go to family court or you can even go to like a small claims court okay. and say i'm come i know this is a parenting agreement mm. but i'm coming here on the basis of this is a contract that we both have agreed upon okay and this is how much he owes me in terms of the contract mm. and here are the receipts Okay. You know. All right. Yeah. So it can be enforceable in court. It is enforceable. But the advantage of doing it is, uh, or going that route and trying to be reasonable in an agreement is that, you know, you could actually even get more. You could actually do what is in the best interest of the child. Yeah. Not that you as the mother, you want to get more to go and, you know, do anything about it. Is that you guys sit together and you actually agree on this is what we want uh, and it is in the best interest of the of the of the child yeah. and to enforce it you are also able to go to a court and uh, maybe a family uh, court yeah. you know and say listen we've got a situation would they first try to mediate if you go to family court yes definitely definitely okay. um what do they call them um they're not social workers but they kind of like family they kind of like social workers but like okay. i think they call them family advocates if i'm not mistaken okay um so you get there you speak mm. uh and then they try to mediate the situation if the child is old enough to join in the conversation they also ask the child a couple of questions to see what really could have caused you know the breakdown mm. in the child not getting the things that whichever parent claims that the child should have been getting mm. yeah so if circumstances change, can you change it? Like right now we've got COVID. Many people, you know, um, are affected economically by COVID. Uh, can you redraft it? Yeah, you can change it. You can okay. change it. You can change it. And say this is our new version now. Yeah, okay. yeah. But if, for an example, the one person just say, ah, no, I mean, I'm not going to do my part. You know, Muskune COVID. Um, you can go and get it enforced. Yeah, or... 
if you think the person still has the same job mm. um, and really is just doing the whole COVID thing, mm. then do the um, maintenance route, maintenance court route, okay. you know, file for, for it and ask them to specifically garnish that person's salary. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you could also then say, listen, I've tried my best. This is not working. We are not now going the maintenance court. However, you can go and get this order, um, I mean, the agreement enforced or even mediated, yes. you know, uh, with the view of it being enforced. Yeah. Okay. Now we go, we realize that, in fact, this person can afford to pay what they said they would pay. Um, when it's enforced and uh, they don't keep to it again, then you go the court route. Okay, great. I hope that this has really helped us um, in, um, you know, um, explaining one, what the rights of the child is to maintenance by both the parents, regardless of say name or no say name, rituals that were performed or rituals that were not performed. We also, um, I think for me, what was great about this is that adults can sort out their issues and whether the mother or the father have other people in their lives has got nothing to do with, you know, their agree, you know, their, yeah, their the, the, the agreement mm -hmm. about what is in the best interest of the child. But also there is a way in which people who split, whether they were married or not married, can enter into an agreement that really stipulates who does what in the best interest of the child. And uh, you don't have to go to the maintenance court first. You can actually get that agreement that you have written yourself in your own language that you understand, not legalese, enforced by going to the family court. Thank you so much, Dineko. Uh, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm very happy that we managed, and I hope that this can help Anonymous. Thank you for the non-COVID COVID episode, <laughs> <laughs> the bright sunlight. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. If you want to give us feedback on the podcast or you have a legal or finance matter that you would like some advice or assistance on, you can reach us via WhatsApp only or a voice note on 061 535 4623 or via email on zangazulugel at gmail.com. We will try to share information with you, and where possible, Dineko, who is a legal expert, will give you some advice on how to deal with your matter. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter using the handle at what's love underscore podcast and you can also find us on facebook on what's love podcast please note that the views expressed in this podcast do not represent the views of the Soul City Institute for Social Justice.